Coming up, we're going to take a sneak peek at the Value Prop scorecard. Fred Scholl joins us. We're going to talk about how to get off the security island and maybe why you want to. And it's been a big week of security IPOs. That's because Paul and I said that we needed to, that it was so quiet. So we got uh, Palo Alto in the new CyberArk Experian a lot more. Business Security Weekly starts now. This is Security Weekly for security professionals by security professionals. Broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island, it's the show about security startups, how to secure your startup, and advice for security startups, it's Business Security Weekend. Brought to you by... Do you have a website, an external presence, employees, an office? Any of these things can be compromised and attacked. How are you defending your assets? Have you penetration tested your public assets? Start 2018 by taking a proactive approach to securing your vulnerable areas. Black Hills Information Security has been helping companies find their weaknesses since 2008. Email consulting at blackhillsinfosec.com and see how they can help you sleep better at night. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Business Security Weekly. It's episode number 78. We're recording and streaming it live Friday, March 16th, 2018. I had a glance to make sure I got that right. This is the show where we explore the business of security in an effort to improve the security of business. We want to be your trusted source where we talk about leadership, communication, and innovation. So that's where we'll still cover the startups. I am Michael Sanitarcangelo, your straight-talking host, showing you how to overcome friction and translate your value and understanding. And joining me from G-Unit G Unit Studios in Rhode Island, the man, I, he's got to be tired of shoveling snow, but loving conferences, it's my friend Paul Asadorian. What's going on, Michael? It's nice to be here. You sound a little under the weather today. I think I caught Matt's cold. Uh, I, like, you know, like when, it went, when the sickness went through the house, it didn't get me. And then um, apparently now it did. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's that time of year. I didn't shovel any snow, though, so I'm good. So uh, we're going to do the articles, discussion on leadership, communication, innovation, uh, and then are we going to do the interview and then tracking security innovation? Yep, that's the order. Okay. Yeah, we, we like to keep it fresh here on the program, so we'll shift stuff up from time to I time. Like but we try to, we try to work the schedules and make it all work. Um, the, the discussion with Fred Scholl is going to be great, but what we wanted to do quick, touch a couple things. Let me remind people, too, it's conference season, and I want to talk about the conference you were just at and the one that you're going to, and that'll set us up for the value prop. Uh, sneak peek, the scorecard, some stuff we can do there. But uh, let me remind people, Source Boston 2018. And that's coming up. It's going to be May 9th to the 10th, downtown Marriott, Boston. Uh, and we have a discount. So if you're part of our family and you're one of our, our audience members, if you use the code, oh, man, you have to come to the show notes and get this right. It's <laughs> SW75WMKW. I feel like that's like a license key for something. But that'll save you 75 bucks. So one click, come check us out. You get $75. You go to sourceconference.com slash events slash boss18. Or just come to uh, the show notes that we've got for you at securityweekly.com. All that stuff will be right there for you. And uh, Paul, you'll be at that conference too, right? Uh, yeah, I'm presenting at Source Boston. There you um, go. Docker so, in security or security yeah, so, or both. So, so, so what we're doing for this first segment is uh, I told people, uh, and I mentioned a couple times, and it's, it's something we've been working on for a while was, can we do a scorecard for the value prop? And, and I want to talk about your experience this week, but let me just kind of set the stage this way. 
one of the things I've enjoyed when you and I go to shows together is we've kind of done what you called the A for the day, and I love that. And it's uh, and I've also done this with with our friend Jonathan Sander. We go and I just walk up to people, very unassuming, and I just go, "Hey, what do you guys do? What problem do you guys solve?" And it's been fascinating to to hear the range of answers. And over the last year or two, as I've been working on the Straight Talk framework, you and I have kind of distilled down to the value prop is three questions: What problem are you trying to solve? What value do you create? And then what, what's the impact? Classically, people will say, what's your differentiation? I'm going to tell you right now, that's a waste of your time. Don't worry about differentiating. Just tell me what the impact is. Because get that right, and you'll differentiate yourselves. And so I actually developed out uh, like an 18-point rubric, right? It's a way to actually like score it was using Likert scales or sorts of stuff. And Paul, what I found was that was too much. It was uh, People weren't really getting through it. So I, br- I broke it down to a nine-point rubric. Yeah, it turns out that was also a little bit too intense for people, a little too much. And so what I've gotten down to now, uh, and we'll, we'll roll it out. I, I'm thinking for next week, um, I'll have it available for people to, to grab and start to use. And I want to put some more context around it for folks. Is It's just three questions, but I've phrased them differently. So I'm still using the Straight Talk frameworks. So we're still asking, what problem are you trying to solve? What's the value you create solving that problem? And what's the impact of your solution? But we're asking it now so that the answer is just yes or no. So it's a, did the person talking to me clearly articulate, right? Do I understand the problem that they're trying to solve? And then we add in a filter. Do I have that problem? By the way, if the answer is no, no, you, you don't continue, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you know it's not worth your time. It's not worth their time either. Then same thing. So we're asking value in a way of, you know, do, does it feel like they explained it to you? Like, do you feel that there's a sense of value here? Is it worth con- continuing or not? Have you considered the impact? Have they explained to you potential impact? And then the fifth filter is really simple. It's what's the next step? Right? You know, we talk about this all the time here. And it's just saying, is it clear to me what the, what the next step is, yes or no? What I've kind of found is if you get all five yeses, it's probably worth continuing. If you get five no's, it's probably not worth continuing. In fact, if you get the first two no, probably not worth it. But this way, the other thing you get out of the scorecard, right, it's a yes, no, or where do you go? So what do I need to focus on? So, you, okay, it kind of got me at the problem. It sounds good. I'm not sure about the value or the impact. Okay, that's where we need to focus. That's what I need to know from you. That's how we can figure it out. And in the preliminary stuff we've done, it just it narrows it down to, uh, I'm going to say first time you go through it, 10 minutes to get it right. And I'm putting some other stuff around it to help people understand how to ask and answer those questions even a little faster. Paul, this should sort it out five minutes and you, you kind of get a sense of it or not. And what I'm finding is, so I want, I want you now to take me to your conference experience. There's so much overwhelm. I don't know who I should be talking to or not. And as a CISO today, we keep talking about 60, 70, 75 plus vendors. And oh, by the way, who, who should you talk to? What, you know, what, what problem do you need to solve? What problem are you trying to solve? And we don't really have this way to push back. And we don't have a way for people who aren't in security to push back, except for if you ask these questions. If you ask these questions and you filter it out pretty quickly, I've given people a way now to sort really fast because you can't solve everything, can't do everything. There's some neat twists too. I'll roll this out more uh, in the future, but you can actually use this internally as well both with your team and with people asking requests of you. you got to twist the questions a little bit, but that's, uh, that's kind of where we're at. So based on – so now I know you guys had a, some snow this week. Did the snow impact the show? Uh, not really. I, I think the first day was probably a little lighter. Uh, attendees might have had a little trouble getting there. Most people made it okay. Uh, some of the vendors were setting up a little late, You know, probably delayed shipments or flights or whatever. Um, but everyone got there and the, sh- and the show went off, which was great. There was uh, a whole ton of vendors there. I don't have the exact number. Uh, it was exhausting walking the floor for a day and a half, uh, just trying to talk to everyone. 
uh, on the floor because there were so many vendors there. And what I found, and, and I uh, actually uh, on the car ride home, I was actually talking with the, the guys about this, uh, Mark and Keith, who are at the show with me. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I want a breakdown from these shows that shows me like by title or category who's staffing these the booths, right? Yep. My uh, unscientific guess that it's largely salespeople and it's largely local salespeople. And I think we need to come up with some more metrics uh, around some of these conferences and understand that, you know, like these set of shows, it's mostly local salespeople looking to network locally to get sales. And I was like, well, well there's, there's value in that for sure. And that doesn't necessarily translate into someone who's an analyst like myself or Michael, you know, going to the booth and, and starting to, to dig and questions and technical questions. Like I, I was trying to understand the motivation behind the companies for sponsoring the event. It seems to me mm, mm -hmm. some of these local events for local salespeople or local channel salespeople looking to uh, improve the channel and for, you know, general branding. So kind of adjusting, you know, the strategy a little bit. Uh, to take that into consideration and also use that to our advantage, obviously. Because when we go to the show floor, there's obviously people who are already sponsors. So what a great time to meet with their salespeople. Now that I know that majority is going to be salespeople, tell them a little bit about Security Weekly and how we, they can use it to help you know help their sales deals, right? So I thought that was a, a unique thing that came out of it. Um, and so sometimes you do, and it's kind of all over the map. Sometimes you get some technical people there. Sometimes you get some marketing people there. Uh, so it's really depends on the vendor, depends on the show. I want to get some more scientific data behind that. The A for the day was just is such a no-brainer, Michael, because um, this person handed me a sheet that he had customized and put together. And he said, look, I wanted something that talked about what each of our solutions are. And then in the next column, what problem they solve. And then in the next column, what's the impact? I was like, all right. A seriously? For, a for, seriously, dude. I was blown away. I was like, dude, A for the day right there. Bill from CA Technologies, hands down, A for the day. Uh, it was just, it was awesome. I'm like, dude, I, like the, I've never gone to a conference. That's and a seen, first. Yeah. yeah. That's He's like, I scoured through all of our marketing. He is a big company, right? I scoured through all marketing materials and I came upon this nugget and I customized it and I made my marketing team print it out for me, uh, which was funny because it was on like a black and white like sheet of paper. Like they were rushing the last minute to get it printed out. Okay. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. That's exactly what Michael just talked about in the beginning of this show, right? You've got the solution, the problem, yep. and the impact. And he's like, that's what I want to sell on. I'm like, yeah, dude, that is exactly what you want to sell on. It was well, so and, awesome. So awesome. You know, and as I've been listening to you, and that's why I wanted to kind of start this conversation now. So a couple of things. I was really hoping, because I actually, I, I realize now we're in the swing of conference season. So, uh, you know, we set these arbitrary dates on ourselves. Like, I, I really wanted this done last week. Okay. Mm -hmm. But it's not done yet. Um, all right. But it's close. So what I've been trying to work on too is that um, it's it's going to be a free download. Anybody can grab it, and I'm giving everybody kind of like a little little printout if they want of uh, of the just the, the parts of value prop. Because here's the thing with value prop: it's the beginning of straight talk, right? And the idea of straight talk is it's it's how you can organizationally overcome friction or individually translate your value and understanding. So go back to your point because you said something that's really interesting. I'm I'm going to be curious what I'm able to do with it. But if you're at a trade show or you're at an event. And you've got that mix. I'm field marketing. I'm event marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sales. I'm local sales. I'm a technical representative. I'm. 
the, the idea of using this value prop scorecard then is to say, okay, what problem do you solve? By the way, everybody in your organization, if they're customer facing, should know how to answer that question. And the answer should never be, I don't know, or it depends. It shouldn't be, it depends. I mean, I think Sean D'Souza got this so powerful when he talked with us uh, on the, the two episodes where we shared that. But he said, there's never a wrong problem. But you got to pick one. You got to own it. You got to mm-hmm. know it really well. And I think what happens, a lot of people go, well, what if the person I'm talking to doesn't have that problem? Well, then they don't have that problem. <laughs> like, that's okay. They're, they're not going to buy from you necessarily. But certainly, they're, they're not wasting. Don't waste your time. Don't waste their time. But then, so if I get somebody who's more technical, look, if you solve the problem, I just want to understand the value and impact. If you can't answer impact for me. So that's why I said, if you can say to me, yep, I, I know the problem. And, oh, I have that problem. That's a top three problem for me. It's probably worth continuing to explore. Now, if the person you're talking to can't give you the answers to help you assess value or impact, then you know your next step is, who's the person I should speak with to understand value and impact? And by the way, if you're on the other side of that table and you get a CISO, an influencer, a decider, whoever you want to use for your, your profile, your persona, who specifically asks for that, don't give them the runaround. Paul, I don't know if this has happened to you, but people, that sounds great. Let me give you a little bit more history. No, I don't need more. I don't, I, I don't. I don't care, guys. Like, what are you doing? I, I got a very clear next step. Don't drop that ball. And by the way, it happens all the time. But so the idea here is this, this should give us uh, in our industry a tool not only to push back but to sort out. I know the problems I'm trying to solve, so I go up to somebody and I figure out what they're up to and I can score them real quick. Yes, no, that's it. By the way, we, we'll have the more advanced stuff, and you and I can use that certainly when we're together uh, and like really get into how well they did it. But somebody actually put together a sheet and looked at that type of stuff. So here's the thing. If somebody's going to be at a conference next week or even the week after uh, and you want an early copy of this, just send me an email or hit me up on Twitter or LinkedIn. Uh, people, like I respond all the time. I'll get you an early copy. If you get an early copy of something, all I'm going to ask for is – you use it, you time it, and you get back to me. I got a couple questions for you on it because what I'm also trying to do, Paul, is put together like a quick little email series to just kind of explain each of the pieces. Now, those of you who hate signing up for stuff, there's no worries. I'm actually going to put it up on the website too. So you'll, you'll be able to get that and you'll be able to kind of have some of those things so I can address some of these questions and answers and, and really help people out. And the beauty is because I've had a couple people ask this, it's all still straight talk. It's all still value props, all still straight talk. It's just what I've realized and, and you and I do this. How many people, when we say what problem you're trying to solve, nail it? Because the list is pretty small. It is. And it's still, so, and it's so still pretty small. Gotta, I mean, almost it, to the point where I'll just ask them what they do so they feel comfortable, and then I'll ask them <laughs> what problem they solve. Yeah. No, like, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it. it is, we, we're we constantly learning and adjusting the, the strategy. I think that uh, I do have a lot of tips for, uh, for vendors. I know we're going to talk about the giveaways. Uh, certainly that could be a whole segment in and of itself. And what I realized it at the conference, Michael, um, it, just really quick, like there are giveaways that you you have at the conference to increase your exposure at that conference. So they don't have to be something that sticks around forever. They're very much ephemeral. And that's a valid strategy at the, I mean, at our conference where there's, you know, it's 79 other vendors on the show floor. Um, that That's certainly a strategy. And then there's the, well, I want them to take it home or to the office and I want to have some staying power there. You know, I don't want to give away like in the example they gave like a, you know, small bottle of fireball that they're going to just drink and then throw out. Uh, that may work for at the conference, but certainly doesn't work uh, at home. Certainly the bags that I got, right. you know, like already being repurposed to the kids swim class that we've talked about so many times. Um, but it, I like the article where it talks about stickers on the laptop. Like that's something that could have some, some staying power. So have, you know, have some stickers, but Think about where you want that sticker. If you want it on someone's laptop, 
don't be like us and print a big bumper sticker. Like we do that. That's not for your laptop. I mean, it can be, but uh, people are like, I want to put that on my car. Like, okay, so I'll print bumper stickers. You can put it on your car. Right. I think we're the only ones that had large rectangular stickers that were like a bumper sticker for your car. So they're but, also good too, just because I always did this. Um, bumper stickers on guitar cases mm, work for me. Yeah, or cases Different and stuff. Like I've that. seen our hack yeah. naked stickers on a lot of cases too. Yeah, no, um, that makes sense. Yeah, so what I try to do is I grabbed a couple of things that kind of related to um, looking at products and positioning and things where value properly starts to matter because the thing that's been interesting to me. Yeah, and you know we talk about this a lot on the program. So it's just it's been interesting in our own evolutions of journeys. I'm still very focused on straight talk. In fact, it's kind of fascinating because when I was talking, so our next segment's gonna be with Fred Scholl. I've known Fred for two decades, and we got talking this week, and I was like, you know, it's kind of funny. Some of the stuff I'm doing isn't really different than what I've been doing for the last ten to fifteen years, and even the way we describe it is not radically different. It's those subtle changes. It's those subtle shifts. And so the idea behind straight talk, the idea behind the value prop is these questions really matter. I love your approach, though. Instead of just hitting people with it right out of it, you know, what what do you do? How are you today? Hello. Like, we could start with some basics. But the idea was I wanted to give people a very consistent way to sort. And so, you know, looking at the swag, thinking about those shows is uh, it's just giving people some different ways to take a look at it. The other ones that I, I wanted to put in here that I thought were just kind of interesting and we can keep this part tight was there's one that talks about business jargon and why we keep using it. And it's kind of interesting because, um, you know, I it, it's funny. I I don't have a problem using colorful language, but this one is very colorful in its language. And so I, I actually stripped some of it out. So let's talk about that one first. And it talked about, you know, if we all hate business jargon, why do we keep using it? Now, when we look at this value prop stuff, we look at straight talk, there's a natural fit here. But what it talks about was we, we're doing it because, and I love this, this quote, this is a direct quote. This starts, right? So, so ending the tide of BS starts by investigating the parts of your organization that are hollow and hold little value. Now, what's interesting is, just so we're clear, it doesn't then mean that they are of no value. It means the question then, the, the follow-up to that is, what do we need to do to elevate their value? And we've done this for years. Look, we, we wrap up who we are in what we do, right, wrong, or indifferent, different podcast, different day. But what happens then is we get, we get tied to the pet language, we get tied to the jargon, and you know, as, as you and I do, and, and I think you and John Strand do a great job of parsing through the, the litany of BS that we get, you're mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry. So what did you say there again? Exactly. And it happens everywhere. And so the first part is you got to figure out what holds value. By the way, <laughs> you could use the value prop to do that. Go ask just those questions. Go look at those three questions or, or the five parts, simple scorecard, yes, no's, and it gives you an understanding. And if you can't answer it cleanly, then if you're internal and the answer isn't walk away, then you just you get an opportunity to be a little bit smarter, a little bit better about how you do parts of it. Second thing that I recommend is you ask, what does this mean? It's basically saying, right, I think the way, Paul, you and I have a tendency to do it, and, and me more than anybody else, is I typically say, all right, I'm, I grew up with picture pages. I'm not the smart one here. Can you try explaining it again? So to your point, I can't say, dude, you're a moron. That made no sense at all. What the hell are you talking about? I think it's just easier to say, cool, I'm not sure I understand that jargon. Yeah. Can you try again? Can you explain yeah. it to me? And I had to do that with, a, with certainly a couple of vendors on the floor and – I think there were salespeople of varying degrees of skill or, or time at the company, uh, which is challenging uh, for them, obviously. I also, you know, jargon can be a way to, uh, well, confuse people, but also get on the same page uh, as well. Uh, so I kind of tested out the, hey, we're a security market validation company. And I'm like, I'm sure you don't know what that is, but let me, let me explain it. So I want to get our, our jargon that we came up with to describe what we do, because I think it's unique. 
Uh, and, and then I kind of went in, in to use other examples and jargon that they may understand. I'm like, well, you know what a PR company is? You know what a marketing agency is, right? And we have that conversation. I'm like, well, and we do a podcast and, you know, like uh, announcers that were former football players, right? Like they make the best announcers because they have an understanding of the game. That's kind of, you know, what we do. So you kind of, you work your way through it. You might use some jargon, but explain, you know, the jargon as well. The other trend I noticed was everyone's got machine learning and artificial intelligence. Right. right. What I thought was kind of refreshing, actually, though, is in the, the pitches, they didn't make that the focus. They're like, yep, we, do, we use machine learning and AI. And they're like, I know that's a buzzword, but here's how we use it. Overall, yeah, the vendors, yeah, the vendors did a pretty good job at this show. I was impressed uh, that they recognized that that's an overused term. And it can mean that, that most people don't understand what it means and that people don't understand the value when you just use those terms. I thought they did a pretty good job of, of not like going there, right? They kind of was like, yes, we do that, but here's why we do it better. We do it different. And here's the impact to you because of the way uh, that we implement it. So a lot of interesting things. No, I like it. The other recommendation here too is just kill the jargon off. Like, yeah. don't use it. Mm -hmm. Stop, stop using it. Right. That's that's my whole thing with straight talk. It's um, if everybody's ever followed like Jocko Willink, uh, and he does the extreme ownership, people are like, but what if he's like extreme ownership? But what if extreme ownership? And I've had people do that to me. Like, what if someone's not ready for straight talk? Straight talk. Look, it's not a throat punch, right? Or five finger death punch, or any of the kung fu stuff that you could school all of us on. Th this is saying, have you taken the time to translate into? understanding that's it that's all that's all straight talk is it's it's connecting those dots putting them together and so part of the reason we use jargon is because well because we don't we haven't given ourselves the tools not to i think a, a communication point that i wanted to highlight michael in this segment because it hits pretty much all the articles that you have in here is that when whoever it is that comes to your your booth at a trade show you have to show interest uh and treat everyone equally that comes to your booth because i tell you what there were some booths i walked up to and I mean, I, I give them You were some, interrupting their day, huh? Yeah, I was. And, and I, so I get that, right? Because some of them, it's a salesperson. I don't, I'm not a Fortune 2000 company that's in the Boston area. And if you're not, I feel like they were just kind of like looking around, like not really paying attention to what I have to say. Everyone that comes to your booth, you need to make sure your staff is, is briefed on. You want to tell them about what we do. And you want to make yeah. sure you get our message out there. And that's maximizing the value of your floor space on that trade show that not everyone that comes to your booth is going to be, you know, your next $500,000 deal. Sure. There might be some of that. Great. But you have to make an impression on everyone that comes to the booth, regardless if they're a brand new intern that happens to be there from another com company. If they're an analyst uh, like myself or Michael or any of the other hosts, or if there's someone looking for a job, whoever it is, you got to make a good impression on them. And looking like disinterested and uh, there were just some people that would like had no personality or the wrong personality <laughs> to be at the booth. And I tell you what, when I went up to the Barkley booth, it's a great example. Uh, the, the woman there, and I, I can't remember her name, I apologize. She did a great job. I mean, her personality was just awesome. I mean, it was someone you wanted to sit and, and talk to. She was enthusiastic, energetic, knew enough. Now, you could tell being technical, right? That she was repeating some things she heard from other people. I could tell that. That's fine. Uh, and she admitted where her knowledge kind of stopped, right? That's but great. But she was if excited. You can admit that. Yeah, she was excited about it and talked about the company. That's that's part. It almost didn't. It doesn't. If a person like that doesn't matter what the role is in the company, if they know what you do and can be excited about it and talk a little bit of the jargon, even if there's limitations in their knowledge, 
that's awesome. And what I realized after speaking with her, I'm like, oh yeah, that's where not Kevin works. <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> there you go so we like them they're, yeah they're good people mm. all right well, so this last part then too just because it's it's going to be on that theme and i wanted to at least theme this section out a little bit uh hacker noon had a bit of great products aligned with existing behaviors and this is something you and i've talked about consistently you can have a great technical program you can even have a great technical product or solution you can have a great technical team you could be the best thing since betamax <laughs> but if you don't communicate if you don't explain it um if you, if you can't understand, it. I was listening to a great, actually, I don't, I don't get a lot of time because I don't have a long commute, but I, I pulled up, um, I've been taken with a lot of the stoic philosophy and one the next book that I'm going to recommend that I'm, I'm reading right now is, is, uh, the obstacle is the way. And I was watching an interview with Ryan holiday about that. And he made a comment about writing and he said, you know, it's fascinating. I've worked with people that have spent four or five years writing their book and I ask them what it's about and they can't tell me. Ask him why I should read it. They can't tell me. And he said, and I wrote down the quote because it was really cool. It was like, the single most important thing you need to be able to do is translate to someone else why what you're doing is important to them. Yep. Same thing when you're doing this product. And so what's interesting, you think about the things you and I talk about. Uh, they listed out four, four basic problems. Trying to solve a problem that just doesn't exist or it's not problematic enough. Mm-hmm. You know, just because it's a problem for you and your friends doesn't mean it's a problem for everybody else. Not positioning your product well not using the right sales pitch and not having the right focus. Yep. I mean, it's, you know, and we see that all the time. And so, you know, it's, it's interesting, by the way, if you're watching this and you're a vendor, you can grab that scorecard from me too. Make sure you can answer the questions, but you can turn it around and use it too. Somebody comes up to your booth and again, to your point, Paul, you might start with, Hey, how are you? What do you do? But you feel free to ask him, Hey, what are the top three challenges you're trying to solve today? I ask people that question all the time. Mm Mm-hmm. Most people can't answer that question, but it, it, in a rare event, they can, and you are not the solution to that. Save them the time. Say, you know what? I do X. doesn't sound like I'm a good fit for where you're at today, but you might be. I'd love to be top of mind. Um, and, you know, and can I steer you to somebody else, or, or who can I help you with? People respect that kind of stuff. So I think those are some good things there. So anyway, that's coming up. If people want to talk about it, uh, I'm happy to chat. Uh, I've already had one or two people reach out and say, hey, um, how can I help? Um, the way you can help, just, you know, take what I'm putting together, use it. Tell me where you got some questions or problems. We'll tweak it out. We'll put some stuff up here. And then Paul, what you and I got to figure out is, is how we let, how we start encouraging people to use this at some of the conferences and come back. Tell us how it worked or didn't work. Are they getting better conversations as a result of it? Are they able to make better decisions as a result of it? Can they go back to the home office and show people that they got more value out of the conference because they could sort out who they met and didn't meet and they didn't waste their time? Um, those are the things that, that I want to make sure that we're, we're dialing in on. So, um, that's where uh, we're at. A last piece of advice, uh, that I realized now that I think that our shows are growing in number categories are getting more crowded. What I'm going to do from now on, Michael is I'm going to print out a list of all the vendors that are going to be at the show and I'm going to do some homework before I go to every show. Cause when you think, you know what people do, or you think, you know, what's going on, you don't. And any kind of pretexting or pre-knowledge you can gain helps you be more effective at the show, identifying who you want to talk to, knowing who's in what category and, and learning about a category, knowing I'm going to go see these three companies and they're in that category, um, knowing who just got bought and what the latest yep, news is. Yep. All that stuff is great. And I, I did a poor job at this last show because I'm like, oh, I'll just go and learn that while I was there. I was totally overwhelmed. So I'm like, now from, ever, from now on, all the time in the future... I'm going to have some copious notes and research ready for every single show. We've and already started on that, that for Paul, next week. When you go into those shows and you know that there's a particular category you're looking at or mm-hmm. a way somebody's solving it, and you come up with that base level of knowledge, 
you watch their reactions to it because a lot of people that that's not the level of question they're used to getting. Right. And it, to your point, you might not get the the, uh, the ultimate expert on it, but still watch, watch what they say, listen to their words, yeah. and then see where it leads. I think it's much more productive use of time. So that's fantastic. And we'll keep talking about how to help people structure that. That's exactly mm-hmm. the goal we're going to do. Right now, we're going to take a quick break. So don't forget, go to securityweekly.com. Our network is growing. We're going to take a look, right? We've got four shows really focused on the enterprise. we got seven shows in total. There's something for everybody, multiple things to be able to do there. So check out our full line of programming. It's going to make your job just a little bit easier. That's our goal. And when we come back, Fred Scholl is going to join us. We're going to talk about how to get off the security island and why you want to. <laughs> 